I really liked this episode with my friend Nathaniel Agoy. We followed each other on Instagram for, I think, something like two years. And it's cool because his account, like, sometimes you see an account and they follow you and you follow them and then they unfollow you. But his account, he never did that. And it's like one of my pet peeves with anything related to fitness is the bots that will send you like the smiley face or the hi at Christian Little and all that stuff. I like when somebody wants to make a connection and they're willing to go through the trenches with you. And certainly a person has every right to get bored of me or get tired of what I put out into the world. But I try really hard to not offend people. And so when I offend people anyways, it bugs me. Nathaniel stands out for being someone that I can really relate to on the level of being open to talking about faith. I think it's totally fine to talk about that stuff on a podcast. And everybody's going to have a different background. And I want to talk about it because more often than not, it makes them who they are. We talked about relationships. We talked about the importance of communication and the importance of love languages. We talked about uh, essence. I wanted him to define essence in his words, and he did. And he talked about three people that he really admires and the essence that they have. And we talked about being a skinny 14, 15 year old track athlete to becoming a super jacked dude. We talked about depression. We talked about mental health. We talked about communication. You're going to enjoy this one. Make sure to give it a rating on iTunes. Thank you. Let's go. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at Yeg Fitness. Welcome to episode 83 of The Lifestyle Chase. I am joined today by the one and only Nathaniel Agoye. I really hope I said that right. We practiced. <laughs> <laughs> you got it right. Thanks, Chris, for having me. How are you doing today? What's what's your morning been like? Oh man, I'm doing amazing. So uh, my morning, I started. I woke up at five thirty. Well, my alarm went off at five thirty. I got up at six a.m. Um, I did my devotion. So I'm a believer. I mean, you don't have to believe, but anyways, it's just a way for me to uh, start my day off right. And then, uh, so I did my uh, my devotion. Had a little bit of quiet time. Um, had a coffee. This is my second coffee. Um, ended up going back to bed uh, because my wife is not feeling well. So she I basically just kind of cuddled her a little bit and then ended up falling asleep. Uh, got ready for uh, for this. Um, texted the marketing crew. Uh, reached out to clients. So basically, just a little bit of you know client stuff. And um, then now I'm on the phone with you. And then I have another meeting at one. And that's basically it. My morning has been productive so far. That's awesome. I like that routine. I like the whole because like some people are scared to talk about faith and stuff on a podcast. My podcast is an open door for that. Like everything that makes up a person who they are. And like if if I'm choosing them to be on the podcast, it's because there's lots of great characteristics and there's a good chance that their faith plays into that. And everybody's going to have a different background. And so, yeah, I'm never scared of that topic. Um, (laughs) <laughs> my next my next thing is 
I am curious, what inspired you to go to the gym the very first time you went to the gym? Whew. Uh, that's, I don't know if I'll say I was inspired uh, as much as I felt like I had to. And I guess maybe the inspiration, that was my inspiration. I felt like I had to. Um, the first time I ever stepped into a gym, it was two weeks before my 15th birthday. Um, I wanted to, I was 127 pounds, I remember. Um, I loved track and field. I wanted to be a sprinter. And when I looked at most sprinters, they were usually jacked athletic. I mean, I'll say Usain Bolt is probably one of the few uh, skinnier ones, if I can use that term. But um, I mean, if you look at Ben Johnson and everything, like they're all kind of, they have muscle on them. So I was a sprinter. I felt like I didn't look the part and I felt like I wouldn't be taken seriously as a sprinter with how small I was. So I felt like I had to put on uh, a little bit of muscle. At the time, I only wanted to put on about 20 pounds. So I just wanted to be like 145, 150 pounds. And um, that's it. Um, that's what made me go into the gym. Uh, I actually went with my mom as well, too, because once I was 14 years old, I was the only kid in the gym, um, you know, it was a little bit intimidating. And uh, that was basically it. I just felt the need to look the part of a sprinter, not just, you know, run fast. I wanted people to be like, I think that guy's a sprinter just by looking at me. So um, I, that was the pressure, I guess, I put on myself. And I mean, now my goals, why I still work out, has changed. Um, it's changed over the years. But that was the first thing that made me go into the gym. And um, actually, after I went to the gym, I hated it. I didn't go back until I was so sore. <laughs> I was so sore. And I didn't want to go back into the gym until um, a week after I turned 15. So about three weeks later was when I went back into the gym because I was like, dude, if you don't work out, you're not going to put on weight and you're not going to look like a sprinter. So it was a uh, it wasn't I don't know if I'll say it was motivation. It was a. Uh, more like a, I felt like the it was a necessity. I had to do it, and best decision I ever made. I think that's really cool perspective because, like, a person that sees you now is gonna see this jacked dude. Like, yeah. like, describe yourself, like weight and height and all that stuff to paint a picture for our listeners. Okay, so um, if I was to paint myself um, right now, I am five foot nine. I I'm five foot nine. Um, some people say I'm five foot eight. It depends on who you're talking to, but five eight, five nine. I am 190 pounds. I am ooh, anywhere from 10 to 12 percent body fat. So basically, I'm lean. I have big pecs. I have um, so if I had to give you my measurements as well, I'll just give you my measurements because I do do that as well. Um, so my pecs are around right now. I believe I'm about 49 inches, but so I'm not too wide, but I'm quite thick. Um, I wear large in shirts. I don't know if that helps. I have 16 and a half inch arms, um, pretty big shoulders. I've been accused of using steroids because my shoulders are actually a little bit uh, big uh, compared to some natural guys. Um, what else? I have long limbs, so my quads look pretty big. So I think I have 25 and a half inch thighs and I have small calves. So my calves are about 14 and a half inches, but um, pretty solid. Um, most people would say I well, most people actually ask if I'm a football player or I've only got baseball once, but most people say, are you a football player? Uh, do you play for the uh, do you play for the Stampeders? Like, are you a football player? I get that quite a lot. So I look like an athlete um, and that's a good thing because I didn't want to just look like a bodybuilder. I wanted to have muscles, but I wanted to look functional. And I guess um, it's, it paid off because I continued, you know, training according to uh I guess the athletic, uh, the athletic foundation. So 
I look solid. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, it's it's just helpful for people because the perspective is that we go into our gyms that we work out of and maybe once in a while we'll see like somebody has a client and their client brought their kid or something, which is a beautiful thing to see because yeah. like this kid, they're going to be thinking the same thoughts that you were thinking when you were 14, 15 years old. They're playing a sport in school and like, yeah. it's not like they, they just kind of want to perform. They want to, to, to be better. Like not every story is a weight loss story. Not every story is like a they got dumped story sometimes it is simply an athletic kid that wants to be big and yeah. to wants to look the part and everything and it's just like that comes with its trials and tribulations a person will look at like because i'll have like the picture of you for the the cover of this episode and they'll look and they'll be like oh man like that guy has been jacked his whole <laughs> life and it's like yeah. you had to work for it it's like every oh, yeah. Every jacked dude that you ever see in the gym had to work to get there and they continue yeah. to work and everything like that. As far as like a day-to-day -day routine for you goes, what's the biggest thing that has ever pushed you away from your routine, like taking you away from the gym? Ooh, that's a, a tough one because the gym is actually kind of a, a little bit of a therapy for me. So um, I find that when life gets tough or when I'm stressed out, I actually end up going to the gym. But I'd say in university, um, university was a little tough sometimes. Uh, my goal was always to work out about three times a week, maybe four if I could make it. And there were times in university, um, depending on the semester or the courses I was taking, I'd only be able to make it to the gym once or twice. But I'll say injury. Injury was probably the thing that kept me away from the gym for the longest but usually even then it'll be about a week or so after about a week i'd start feeling like lower not lower i just felt weird like low energy i felt bored um i didn't i mean the i've been working out since i was 15 consistently so for me taking a week off um if i didn't plan it was just weird i felt like i was being lazy i felt um even though i was you know working i was going to school i still felt like there was something missing like I could be more productive and for me just working out training was a uh, you know a way for me to uh, continue being productive i feel like i slept better uh, my mood was a lot better so definitely injury is one thing that kept me away from the gym the longest and then um the second thing um well that i can remember that kept me that almost actually made me stop working out was uh mental health so this would have been in 2016. 2016, I um, went through, well, I'd been dealing with mental health struggles for about three years at the time, so from 2013. And 2016 was at its peak, I would say. And I remember feeling so depressed that um, I did not want to go to the gym. I actually was just, I remember having a conversation with myself. Um, I'd packed my gym bag and I was like, why am I still going to the gym? My life, my life is going miserable. Like my life is uh, miserable. My business. So I was working as a personal trainer. Then I went from 18 clients to having about six clients. So I was kind of, uh, I wasn't making a lot of money. And I remember just feeling like, what's the point? Like, why am I going to work out when, you know, I'm not making money. I should just be, you know, I should just give up. I should stop. Like, what's the point in having a nice physique? What's the point in having energy? Like, I don't feel confident anyways. And um, I think I stopped working out for about four days. But then, you know, something kind of just clicked again. It's like, dude, if you stop working out, working out is one thing I've been doing. So I've been working out for about 11 years. And I just felt like if I was to stop doing something I'd been doing as long as I'd been driving, I I would, it's, it, it, you know, it just felt weird. It's like I've been driving, I've been working out about the same length. If I stop working out, 
my life could take a different turn. And I didn't know what that turn would be. It kind of scared me. So after four days of uh, not working out, I went back to the gym and I'm happy I continued because I felt like if I probably stopped working out then, I probably would not have touched a weight again. I don't think so because uh, I was just so down mentally and um, that was it. So that was the second time I'd say that um, life kept me from the gym. So injuries were number one. Um, and most of my injuries I had before 21. And then at 26, um, mental health was a big thing that almost prevented me from stopping completely. Like I wanted to quit. Just I wanted to give up. Just, you know, I had no motivation to go to the gym. I was doing it because it was a habit. And at that point, it felt like, you know, this is a stupid habit. Like it's not benefiting my life. But the funny thing is I actually did. <laughs> I remember I had a good workout that day. I went, I was angry because it's like I'm in the gym, you know, and I worked out and I felt good after and I'm happy I continued. That is, that's good insight. Like, because a lot of people don't talk about that stuff. Like, uh, it's, it's pretty popular now to end the stigma of mental health, but I think it's just like, you can't even say it enough. Like, because it's such a scary topic for dudes to talk about, especially dudes that like, you'll often see maybe like the, the beginner fitness person and they'll be brave enough to talk about it because they they don't feel like they have any ego to lose but it's not as often that you'll see someone that could be mistaken for a football player talking about mental health so (laughs) it's like it's good to get everybody as many people talking about it as possible like that's sort of like one of my things with with this podcast is if if i can get people to be brave in their episode that's awesome because that's going to be helpful for for most of the listeners that i attract like a lot of them need to hear that that's that's why they listen to the episode but okay. uh outside of like fitness and working in the gym and stuff like you hit that low finances would have changed you got bills to pay but like yeah. how how do you like mentally get yourself through that because like a day in the gym can help but like what are the logistics that you put in place during a quiet time in your training career Ooh, so um <laughs> That's very interesting. So, I mean, so ever since I started working out, once again, I started working out because I wanted to look um, like a like a, like a sprinter. So for me, I see exercise, I view it as a reward, a reward for my body. Um, because, I mean, I ended up tearing my knee um, shortly after high school, so I wasn't able to run uh, varsity because my goal was to run varsity and then hopefully run for Team Canada. But then I tore my knee right after uh, high school and I wasn't able to get it repaired until I was 24. So basically, I got slower, heavier, all that stuff. And so, um, you know, I had to change my philosophy or, you know, change my my goal as to why I kept working out. Because, I mean, now that I wasn't going to be a sprinter, um, it was just like, well, why do you have to keep working out? So I worked out just for, you know, the benefits. I loved being strong. I loved being um um, quick. Um, I liked the the confidence. I liked the the energy. You know, I felt like I had more energy compared to a lot of my peers. Um, so you know, and also then I realized it was a discipline. Uh, you know, the fact that I was able to keep working out consistently, regardless. Uh, you know, whether school was happening, exams were happening. Um, you know, so it became this thing that I, you know, that I not a sacred thing I'll say, but it was, it just became this thing that, you know what, this is a reward for my body. Um, it's a reward for, you know, my, t- myself, this is my time. Um, you know, I have so many responsibilities. I'm a, 
you know, I'm the firstborn, so I have this pressure of, you know, being the firstborn. I'm a student as well, too. I work part-time, but at the same time, I need to invest in myself. So uh, for me, working out was a way of investing in myself. And, um, you know, once I started doing that a little bit more, I started realizing that, okay, now that I'm taking care of the physical aspect, I also need to start taking care of other aspects of my life, like my personal development. So um, I started reading books as well, too, so reading and then, um, you know, just even going to the quiet time. So for me, it's all just trying to keep everything well-rounded. Um, I don't feel like just focusing on the physical is good enough because, I mean, I believe in the the, the, the like a, uh, the tri the pyramid or the three aspects, the mind, the body, the spirit. So, um, and I mean, whether or not you believe in God, you know, you still want to be connected to some higher power, I believe. And then you want to make sure, um, so your mind as well, so your mental health, your own personal development, you're doing something daily or, you know, as often as possible to elevate yourself. And, um, you know, just so you can contribute to society, be a better human being um, and, you know, just be better. And then the physical aspect too, because when you're taking care of your physical health, you're, um, you have, uh, you know, you, you can live longer. And then once again, continue to contribute to society and to others. So for me, it really is just the discipline and, um, you know, just being consistent, like working out taught me consistency. So if I can be consistent with working out for almost 15 years, you know, I can be consistent with taking care of my mind. I can be consistent with taking care of my spirit and, um, it's just the you know the balance. I don't I don't want to say that balance. It's a priority. It's just a you know prioritizing it, uh, making it a focus, and uh, that's it. So my routine is, you know, having a few different things I'm going to do. Like in the morning, I get up a little bit earlier, so around five or five thirty, do my devotion. Um, I work out four days a week, so Mondays, Tuesday, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, or Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturday, and then uh, what else? I'll go for walks every now and then when the weather permits. And then as far as reading, um, try to read. Last month, I read four books. Uh, this month, I'm a little bit slower. I'm, I've only read one, one of my first book. So I'm only reading one book this month, unfortunately. But um, that's basically it. just having little goals to hit and uh, just being consistent with it. And the reason why I say little goals is because I've tried having you know several big goals before, like five workouts a week, six workouts, but then you end up getting burnt out. You know, uh, getting up too early. I tried getting up at 3.30 a.m. because I was reading... I, uh, I listened to um, Eric Thomas once, and he's like, oh, I get up at 3 a.m. I was like, you know what, Eric Thomas, I'm going to get up at 3.30 a.m. It's rough. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. And so I found for me 5 a.m. is doable. Um, and then what else? As far as the reading, you know, just uh, keeping my mind, um, you know, refreshed, you know, because I find, like, it's very easy to get distracted with, you know, life and what you see. And uh, that's it, you know. And, being, and I found that with that, just being able to, you know, prioritize those things. It's helped me become a better person, a better businessman, and I don't stress about you know bills, life, because everything just takes care of itself. I find you know, um, I have this philosophy. Well, I have a lot of philosophies or quotes that I live, and one of them is, uh, "Your perception determines your reality." So if my perception is that you know what, I need to just take care of myself, make sure you know all three aspects of uh, well, the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, that I'm going to prosper in life. Uh, and I'll be able to take care of my family, my my wife, all that stuff. And it's been happening, you know, uh, when I feel like I'm a little bit, when some bills uh, came like this month, my bills are actually a little bit more than my income, but I'm not worried at all. I'm not stressed. It's, um, you know, I, it's just life. It just happens. And, you know, next month is going to be a lot different. So I don't really feel a lot, a lot of 
pressures or anything like I did before. Um, and I'd say a lot of it was probably because of my daily routine, um, you know, reading and just my spiritual growth and my own mental development. Because before I wasn't addressing my mental health, I was only addressing my physical health. And um, school was just a huge priority in my life. And, um, you know, it's so when I wasn't having when I didn't have enough money, I'd stress all that stuff. And now I don't stress. I actually find out that when I need money or whatever, it just comes to me. Like I end up signing two new clients or whatever. Somebody reaches out to me, hey, uh, are you free for a consult? And you know, like it's life just brings the right people to you. So um, as long as I continue with my priorities for me, my daily routine, and just trying to be better, um, life just gives me what I need and just make sure I'm well taken care of. And that's it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You basically said things that I say, but then they came from you. So it validated it. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah. So, oh, you go. No, it's the truth, honestly. Like, it's uh, it's something because, I mean, before I, I'd hear from um, other people, or not other, I'd say uh, I listened to Les Brown, listened to Eric Thomas, I listened to uh, Earl Nightingale, all those guys. And I mean, they'd say it all the time. And I was like, man, you know what? Like, not that I didn't believe in it, but it's hard to visualize or to imagine when you're not doing it but then when you actually start doing it and you make it a routine you're taking care of yourself you know you're prioritizing your you know your personal development and everything literally the doors open and now it's it's hard for me to stop like why would i stop and let the and stop the universe from blessing me like i don't i don't i don't want that anymore like, I, I want more of it so yeah that's awesome um, so one of my friends uses the word essence to describe a person and I want to see your take on it. Like if you were to describe someone's essence, what would that description be? Like pretend you're describing somebody that you admire and you're describing what makes up their essence. Oof. The essence, what makes up the essence? Um, I would say the, the, the essence would be. Oh man, the way they, the maybe the perspective on life or the way they handle um, tough situations. And the reason why what I've, I'd say tough situations is because when everything is going good, it's easy for everyone to be happy. But then when things are not going your way, how you respond to that is kind of what your true character or your true, you know, what your values are, what lies within you is, uh, is, is you know is shown is brought to life so um you know how a person um carries themselves you know just in conversation how they relate with others um you know the smile the body language the confidence all those things um you know and then how they how they handle tough times or tough situations you know just the perspective and the outlook on life i think that would be how i would describe a person's essence you know um and i feel like it's kind of sometimes easy to pick up on because you know some people with a you know a strong essence or a good aura or whatever they come in and you know they lighten up a room um they interact with people and uh, people just feel touched they feel um you know happy uplifted and um you know just a better person so i don't know if that <laughs> if that works yeah that was a great way to put it like you you nailed it um what I like about that way of seeing things is uh, I find that people are more likely to thrive when they're sur surrounded by people with that like that positive essence or maybe their their core values align and stuff like that. And yeah. 
I've had lots of situations where I've been just surrounded by these just really good people and it feels like it's bound to like a building or bound to like an area of town or something. Then you realize it's just like you can like open the door of communication to these people and just keep them in your life. If you could name like three people or describe three people that like are part of like your, your community that kind of make you feel better through the good and the bad, who would they be? Who would they be? Um, my friend, Brad, um, I actually had uh, met with him yesterday for coffee. Uh, he was one of the pastors at my church and, um, you know, we end up, we actually ended up just becoming friends. It's, I never thought I'd actually end up becoming friends with a pastor and our relationship isn't even like, oh, pastor and everything. We don't really talk about God. We just talk about life. Uh, he's got three kids. Um, so I kind of, he, he, for me, he is, he's about, eight years older than me i think so anyways it's one of those I, I i respect him as a you know as a man i see how you know he loves his wife he loves his family so and you know just he's a very very kind guy um you know very supportive um of me and my business as well too believes in me and um yeah i'll say brad is definitely one of those people um my friend uh, my best friend jeremiah is uh, number two uh he is uh oh man he is a very patient guy very kind as well too um i would say i'm not the most patient person patience is something i had to learn uh with my through my wife actually um she's a very patient person or i've had to learn how to be patient with her <laughs> anyway so um my friend jeremiah is a very thoughtful very you know very empathetic person and i'll say uh it's very rare to find a empathetic men because men we usually sympathetic you know we want to fix things or whatever and um you know my friend jeremiah taught me uh, uh, empathy and just not that he taught me but just in how he lives his life um he's taught me empathy he's taught me um you know just how to be think uh, thinking of others and everything and um who oh so jeremiah and then i would say Hafiz would be another person as well too. So my friend Hafiz. So uh, my friend Hafiz as well too. Um, is his essence as well too. Like he's big on kind of you know um, prog- uh, personal development and just uplifting others. And uh, you know he's also an entrepreneur as well too. So um, he does his own uh, has his own business as well too. And uh, he's one of those people who has been there for me when um you know when i have struggles or whatever in business i can you know talk to and you know and basically he'll listen and you know kind of give motivate me as well too like you know what it's just part of the struggle he helps to remind me that you know what sometimes he's going through the same thing because my other friends work nine to fives and there's nothing wrong with working the nine to five it's just when you're doing your own thing when you're uh, starting your own business the ups and downs and uh sometimes when i'm in the down he's just you know he reminds me it's just part of the struggle and you know to keep pushing and um you know every conversation or every interaction uh has been amazing i met him in university in the first year and um i i then i thought he was a quiet shy guy and um the more i got to know him the more i actually got to like him he's one of the very few people from university i'm still very close with um I met a lot of people in university and Hafiz is definitely one of the people I'm still, I still keep in contact or close contact with. So um, those three people, Brad, Jeremiah and Hafiz, they've been very um, influential in my life and, um, you know, my business and just in my development and just my whole growth. I've learned stuff from their personalities, their characters and, um, 
you know, I can't say that I'm this amazing person because it's just me. They, they taught me indirectly. So, yeah. That's a great way to put it. And I like that you highlighted the difference between having people in your circle that are nine, nine to five versus self-employed. And yeah, I like to re- reiterate it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with nine to five, but just the psychological stuff is going to be so different because yeah. their ebbs and flows are going to be based on different uh, framework. Like yes. our, our stuff is like, cause we're making up our job every day. And sometimes it doesn't matter how much we try to make up our job. There's just no job. So then we have yeah. to make up our mindset because yeah. there's nobody that's going to be like, all right, well, it's a pizza day. Like we, we got to make our own <laughs> pizza day, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's so true. So it's good that you have a mix in, in your circle. My next question yeah. is going to be a little bit uh, hippy-dippy. In the last okay. seven days, what what has been the moment that has brought you the most joy in the last seven days? Oof, in the last seven days, hmm, today's Thursday. I mean, Wednesday. <laughs> Get um, your days right, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, really trying to think. What has brought me the most joy? I would say, oh man, on on, on Monday, um, I had this. So I on Monday, I remember just waking up and just feeling like, you know what? This week is going to be amazing. And it was. And not so much that, um, you know, something special happened. Like last week, I'd say it was a, one of those down in the entrepreneurial business. But then uh, this week, my mindset just shifted. And the thing that brought me uh, the most joy was just, um, like how uh, one of my clients um, just, you know, I'd called her on Friday. She was having, I noticed um, she was having a little bit of a, you know, she came in with, you know, bad energy. I could just sense that something was a little bit off. And I spoke with her for about 50 minutes uh, on Friday. So it was a lengthy conversation. And, um, you know, when she came in on Monday, she was happy. She was excited. And, uh, you know, she came and I gave her a big hug and she was so like, I mean, just I could I could feel the you know the 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 joy, the thankfulness, and for me, I'd say that brought me a lot of joy. Just um, I really am, I really do want to change people's lives. That is why one of the things I got into fitness, and for me, you know, that just her, just seeing her and how thankful she was just for that conversation. It wasn't even the training. I spoke to her as a person. I shared my story with her, and just having her so excited and you know just seeing the life or the joy back in her eyes you know her smiling and everything you know she had an amazing workout it was i'd say that brought me a lot of joy you know it fired me up and it's like you know what i'm definitely doing the right thing i'm doing you know i know i'm doing this fitness thing you know it really it really just reassured me and um you know not that i always need reassurance but it really just you know just another another way of validation and um you know just making me feel like you know what i'm on the right path that was arguably in the last seven days one of the most joyous things that had, that had happened. Just like it was, it was beautiful. I felt happy that I was able to help her um, a way that maybe nobody else would have, you know. So um, she was very thankful, and it, it just it's it, it made me happy. I'm happy that uh, um, I was able to be in a position to sense that and to help lift her up and. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's just her response, her gratitude was, it was, it, it was, it was touching for me. So yeah. that's, that's a great way to put it. That's kind of like how I see a lot of my training sessions. So it's, again, it's cool that uh, we see eye to eye on so many of these things, because it's just like, sometimes 
as a trainer, it's like, am I the only one who feels like this? Like, am I the only one who gets like this joy out of like, oh, wow. Like I, I asked how their day was and I talked them through some stuff. Like sometimes I feel like other trainers are like, really, you're wasting your time on that. But like, it's so important for us as personal trainers to prioritize that aspect of things. Yeah. I totally agree, yeah, um, because I'd say that's, a, I mean, not knocking on other trainers, because I can only speak for myself once again, but I see sometimes, you know, some people just view it as a job, you know, a way to earn income, and it is a job, a way to earn income, but, uh, you know, my, I want to help people, and I treat them as people, I mean, these people are paying me, they're helping me pay for my bills, you know, they're, uh, so the least I can do is, you know, when I sense that something's off or, you know, they need a little bit of uh, uplifting or whatever, you know, it's like, you're my friend. Let me help you. And, and I guess that's a very good way to uh, to actually put it. She called me her friend. She was like, you know what, Nate, you're not just my trainer. You're my friend. Like um, we were, she was crying on the phone and tears of joy, you know, and for me, it was, you know, I was happy that I was able to connect with her and relate with her because I don't. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my horn, but I don't know anybody else who would have been able to do that or say what I said, because, I mean, she said that my story was kind of what she needed to hear, um, you know, and, you know, she didn't even know that. So she looks up to me. She, she, you know, she, she respects me a whole lot more because she's like, you know what, if you went through that and you're still doing this, like minus peanuts, you know, so she was, you know, just seeing her, her, her change, like 180 degrees. It was, you know, for me, it was, it's beautiful. And yeah, as trainers, we definitely need to be a little bit more cautious, a little bit more mindful and just, you know, perceptive and, um, you know, look at our clients and, you know, when they come in and they look like they had a rough day at work or they're just tired kids, just ask them, hey, how are you doing? How's everything going? You know, and just, you know, give them a hug or like, just let them know everything's going to be okay. And just remind them that they're people. And, you know, it's not just about this training sessions. It's about them, like you're making an investment in their life. And that's something I wish all personal trainers um, feel or think. And I'm sure most of us do want to help. But, you know, sometimes we just get distracted because, you know, it's like, oh, we have 60 minutes. Let's go. Let's go. You know, we got to do a warm up. We get so caught up in, you know, what we have to do that we forget about the person. But I I, I love I, I think more about the people than what I have to do. So agreed. Agreed. That's awesome. I'm curious about how you met your wife. Like, what what's the story behind that? How did you know she was the one? <laughs> okay, how did I know she was the one? Uh, I knew she was the one. So when I met her, about two months after I met her, I had this feeling like, I think I'm going to marry her. <laughs> Not that I wanted to marry her. Actually, I didn't. Oh, I wasn't. Uh, I, I just kind of had a feeling I was going to. But how do we meet? So, um we met in 2014 october 2014 um so i'll, I'll fast forward a few years or oh, rewind a few years before so in 2014 we met um in 20 well in 2013 um my friend actually wait, in 2012 my friend had told me about this girl he was like hey nate you know um i like so i'd gone through a bad breakup or whatever um before so um, my friend was like hey nate like this is girl i think you'll like her you know like she's great uh, you know, very good girl, Christian girl, all that stuff. I was like, dude, I do not want to hear anything about girls right now. My heart is broken. I hate girls. Don't talk to me about this. <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. Uh, yeah, and then so a few months passed. You know, I'm 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 over I'm I'm over uh, I'm over her. And he was like, yeah, you know, so um, like you know, do you still want to meet this girl? Like, so I didn't even know her name. He just kept saying this girl, and it's like I feel like you know you'd like this girl, and I was just like man, like, what's up with you and this girl? Okay, fine, I'll, I'll meet up with her, right? Like, uh, I'll meet her. 
um so he had uh he had invited me to come out once to a, to a party so like well, we were all out uh like he, he invited me to come out to a social gathering a party and um i was going to go but then one of my friends actually just broke up with her boyfriend so she was like all upset crying so basically i went to be her friend there and i was like you know what just basically help her get through be a shoulder to cry on all that stuff and uh ended up not being able to go to the party so i was like hey man i'm just handling some some stuff right now like i can't be there so i didn't get to meet my wife then or my soon-to-be wife and probably a good thing because i probably wasn't ready for a relationship then i mean i got over my ex but i was still in this weird limbo i was kind of i felt like i was still trying to put myself back together um my ex kind of put me through some i guess mental well emotional like stuff like she belittled me all that stuff and like so i was basically working on my confidence all over again so i felt like i wasn't ready to be uh in a relationship which was a good thing and then um 2013, I'd, I'd done a bodybuilding competition the same day as my friend's birthday. And uh, so we were supposed to go out uh, to, to go celebrate. And uh, I unfortunately had to, I unfortunately was sick. I had a cold. So after the show, I just went home. I was sick and my wife was there. So I didn't get to meet her again. And um, so anyways, but I knew that there was this girl he wanted me to meet. But he had told her a little bit more about me. So she knew my name. She knew like what I looked like. I didn't even know what she looked like. He, had, he hadn't shown me any pictures, right? Um, so I didn't even know what she looked like, but you know, so she knew me and then what happened? Um, yeah. So, uh, uh fast forward to 20 October, 20, or like October, 2014. So this is going to sound, I shouldn't say it's going to sound weird, but there's this girl and, uh, I had got, we had gone for a wedding on one of my friends, uh, wedding in Mexico. And, um, so I tagged my friend Austin in the photo and, uh, anyways, this girl, like, uh, liked like like the photo and followed me and I was like oh who's this girl who's like following me so go figure it's Instagram right so I was like oh this girl's cute like I like this so I didn't know that that was a girl that you know he was talking about but I remember asking him like yo Austin like yo who who's this you know like yo, who's this girl Miranda so her name is Miranda I was like how, how do you know her like who's this girl and I was like oh remember the girl I was telling you about that's her I was like no way. <laughs> So from then, okay, I was like, you know what, I'm hooked. Uh, like I, I, I was because I mean, she was, she's pretty. So anyways, um, I felt like I had to get to know her. Um, took me a few months, uh, but finally worked up the nerve to uh, send her a message and everything, and I started to hang out. And uh, she was excited, you know, because I guess she knew a little bit about me. So the first time we met, um, it was weird because I felt like she was very usually not that I'm. I'm usually more comfortable. I find because I, I talk a lot. I'm usually more you know, laid back. And I find sometimes people, you know, it's the whole first impression thing. They want to make a good first impression. And for me, I have this thing where I'm like, if you don't like me the first time you meet me, that's cool. Like you either like me or you don't. So I wasn't trying to make a good first impression. And I felt like she wasn't either. Like we were just both just authentic and real. And, um, you know, we just talked. It was the conversation flowed smoothly. Uh, but I felt like she was also a little bit quiet, uh, a little bit more quiet than uh, somebody I would want, but continued, uh, you know, dating, or I guess I called a courtship. I was like, I'm going to put you on probation. I like you, but I don't really want to like jump into a relationship because I mean, like for me, I take dating seriously. If I'm going to date you, um, it's because, you know, I probably see something further down. I want to be, you know, a serious commitment, all that stuff. So, um, after about three months of getting to know her, uh, I asked her to be my girlfriend. And um, even before I asked her to be my girlfriend, I already knew that, you know what, she's going to be the one. Just um, I knew the type of person I was. I knew what I wanted. She had a lot of, um, you know, the values, uh, similar values or values I was looking for in a woman. Um, I knew, you know, we talked about 
things like you know religion um education just and everything just clicked 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 so that was basically it um three months later i asked her to be my girlfriend and then um a year almost or in our second anniversary i proposed to her so before our second anniversary i proposed to her and then we got married uh after three years of dating so three years of dating we got married to her and we're going to be celebrating our second anniversary in may next year so that's exciting that's awesome yeah so technically you kind of you slid into her dms did you (laughs) not (laughs) i guess i don't want to say that but i I know but I did. <laughs> that's awesome um so as far as that journey goes like what's what's the toughest mountain that you've climbed as a team like we're, we're talking like uh just analogies not not a literal mountain unless you've timed it climbed like everest or something you can talk about that too but Ooh, what is the toughest mountain we have climbed um man i don't know if she'll want me to say this but at the same time i mean i don't think like I don't think she. Well, I, uh, I'll, I'll just say it. I don't think she'll care because it's it's me, anyways. Um, she can get mad at me later. But the toughest mountain would climb, I'd say, was um, shortly after we got married. Uh, it was our anniversary. I mean, our honeymoon. So we were in Bali in our honeymoon, and uh, so we'd been not even married for. We went to our we went for our honeymoon. I think two weeks, two three weeks. No, three weeks after we got married. Uh, we went for a honeymoon, so this would have been like week four. We were married, not even a month. And um, I remember she, she, uh, so she was going through like a, ba- a period in her life where you know she felt like she wasn't enough. I guess she had finished school, she started working as a physio, but she didn't really, she wasn't really liking her job that much. And I guess the reality or the fantasy of you know what it'd be like to be a physio versus the reality was like oh well all i'm just doing is just you know manipulations and soft tissue it was kind of a little bit different but she wasn't really too happy and um you know so she was a little bit hard on herself and um you know just going through a little bit of a tough mental time and you know she felt bad for me or she felt bad for me because she felt like you know what this guy's so wonderful he deserves more he overcame depression you know he's overcome a lot of things and like you know he's just such an amazing guy and i i'm making his life hard. I'm making this tough. We're on honeymoon and I'm not even happy. Um, you know, I'm just kind of, I don't want to go back. Like Because basically on the honeymoon, she was just like, oh, I don't want to go back to work. And it's like, we're not thinking about work right now. This is a honeymoon. Let's enjoy time, Bali. But she kept thinking about, you know, going back. And, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, you know, she wasn't, it was almost like she wasn't enjoying the moment. And it was tough for me because I'm like, well, if you can't enjoy the moment with me and we just got married, like we just started living together, like, well, then this is going to be a little bit challenging. I want us to like just, you know, celebrate our marriage and just live in the moment. And it was a little bit hard for her to do at the time. So, you know, um, she was just like, you know what? Like she, she had told me that uh, uh, when she got, well, uh, she had this plan that when she got back or whatever, um, she was just basically going to like leave me or whatever because I deserved somebody better. And, um, oh man, that was something like when I heard, I, it, it, I, I cried. So I cried because I mean, like, and that's the thing. I'm not really a crier. Well, I was not. I'll say now I'm more comfortable with crying because it's one of those. Now it's just, I. It's a way of expression. Like you know, I feel a deep sorrow, a deep pain, and I let it out. But then you know, it broke my heart because um, I love this woman. She's incredible. And then to hear that, uh, you know, she 
wants to leave me and she feels like I deserve better. But I'm like, but you are my better. Like, you are my everything. Like, how can you, you know, it was very, very tough for me, tough for us. And, um, you know, so we basically had to work on our relationship in <laughs> while we were on our honeymoon. It was a very tough thing to do. You know, she didn't want to because, you know, once again, she felt like, oh, you know, she's just letting me down. And, you know, the fact that like, oh, uh, that, I want to enjoy the honeymoon and, you know, she, you know, now we're, you know, doing this, we're working on our marriage. And I was like, you know what, like, but that's what life is about. You know, I, I told her that I love her and my definition of love for her is I choose you. I choose you through the good, the bad, the ugly. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I, I don't care what you're going through with work, what you're going through with your mental health. I'm going to stick with you through everything. Like, you know, forget, yeah, I did overcome depression. I did overcome all these things, but it doesn't matter like it's you know this is my life with you matters a whole lot more than my life without you and i told her that i if she was to leave me i because of my bad experience with my ex or whatever if she was to leave me honestly i don't think i would want to be in a relationship i'd probably just you know move somewhere i'll isolate myself just have a dog and just live the rest of my life just in solitude and you know just letting her know that she mad she means a lot to me she matters to me and you know not that she was my world but she enhances my world like well, you know if, if she was not there then like what's the point in like i don't think i have a good life and you know just reassuring her and um i'd say that was arguably one of the toughest things that we had to go through we had only been together for four years then so um yeah it was just well not even four years it was like just past our third year um anniversary well third year dating or being together and um yeah it was very very tough i mean who goes to the honeymoon to cry and you know to almost like we just got married and it's like well i'm gonna leave you like it's you know who who, who i don't know anybody who who's experienced that but that was uh a tough tough time for both of us but um honestly i'd say being able to work through that and being able to reassure her that you know what like, I'm still here for you. I'm not going to leave you. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care, you know, what, you know, of your faults or inadequacies or whatever. I don't care. Like, you're, you're enough. Just um, and just going and just working through that and um, growing together, I'd say, you know, and I feel like now she's more confident in herself. Uh, no mental health issues or struggles anymore. Um, you know, we're both in a better place. We've both grown together. Um, as a couple and you know just as individuals as well too you know she also uh, does a devotion she reads books as well too so you know we're both in a better place and I feel like if we hadn't gone through that um, we may not be as strong as we are right now um, it really was very challenging I mean I here I am just thinking oh man I met this amazing girl you know I, I love her to death we were married and then now i'm hearing that you know she wants to leave me like that was like geez like i, I mean it was just it was kind of heartbreaking um but you know it's we worked through it and we were a lot stronger um we've had fights obviously since then but nothing close nothing like i'm gonna leave you or i want to leave you or you deserve better no now it's just like you know what i'm not perfect you know, and we work through it. You're not perfect, and that's it. You know, we both realize that we are two imperfect people, and you know, we're going to um, have issues. But you know, together we're strong. Apart, not so much. So um, it helps solidify our bond. It helps solidify our marriage, and uh, um, 
I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but at the same time, you know, if you have to go through a tough time, just stick it through. Um, you know, I, I feel like every marriage has its own issues, its own K-leg. So, you know, you can't just think the grass is green on the other side. I mean, she felt like I deserve to be with somebody better. And it's like, no, you're, you're the somebody better. And just, you know, really being adamant and really being stubborn and letting her know that I'm not going to let you go. I don't care what you're going through. Like I'm going through it with you. Like it's, and just being there for her, letting her know that I'm going to be there. And now I know that she. I mean, she knows that I'm going to be there, and I know she's she has my back 100%. And she knows I have her back 100%. So um, that was arguably the biggest mountain I think we had to overcome. That was perfect. Like uh, I think some people think that they're the only ones who go through that stuff, but it's just like. I've had so many conversations in the last year and I know so many people in their ebbs and flows of their own relationships and their careers and stuff like you're definitely not the only one who went on a honeymoon and had that happen like it's just and it's when people when people talk about that on something like a podcast and somebody can just listen to it in solitude then it empowers them to make love more of a sustainable thing and that's that's as personal trainers that's what we want we want to uh uplift people in whatever way shape or form and i like how you talked about how you wouldn't wish that upon anyone but at the same time the outcome was the strength in your relationship yeah. and we we know that inevitably people are going to have to go through this stuff yeah. But the more that we can talk about it and the more that we can uh, just learn from it, the more sustainable something great about life will be for more people. Like yeah. we, we almost want somebody to go through that so that they can experience that newfound clarity and strength with people that they care about. We don't want to just throw it at them, but we <laughs> we want them to be able to handle it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Yeah, so maybe uh, if somebody has to go through it, it is, you know, just stick through it. I think um, marriage is a choice, love is a choice. And like I said, I told her, you know what, when I say I love you, I it's, I choose you. And I, rem I reminded her of our vows. I was like, you know what, um, you know, through young and old, through thick and thin, like I'm there with you. I don't care what's happening. Like this is, you know, this is just the beginning. And you know, I felt like if I just got mad at her and I was like, oh, you ruined the honeymoon, then definitely we probably wouldn't be together today. But, you know, just, yeah, I just, and I think uh, she said for her, um, seeing me cry just kind of showed her, like, you know, that, because before I even said anything, I just cried. It was just like, I couldn't believe what I heard. And, you know, she felt bad and, you know, she knew then that, you know what, this guy really cares. And it's not that she didn't think I cared, it's just she was in her mind, you know, things were just so clouded, so whatever. And, you know, just being vulnerable, being able to cry. So if any guy is listening or whatever, if you feel pain, you want to cry, honestly, you never know. It could it could help, you know, because sometimes just trying to be tough or trying to just, you know, just keep the feeling and, you know, be this tough guy or just man up or whatever you want to, however you want to put it, it might not be the best. Sometimes, you know, just crying just shows how human, how vulnerable and how soft you are. So, for me, I mean, I'd say that helped save my my marriage and, uh, you know, we're able to talk through it and work through it. So cry if you need to. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of goes back to communication because a lot of people see communication as just words. Like yeah. they think that a text will suffice. Texts are dangerous, you know, like the context that gets lost. Yeah. And so like I, I look at it kind of 
If I need to, it can be a text. If I can, it should be a phone call. If it's possible, I would love for it to be in person, like, because communication is so key. But then it's like, what we speak is one thing. How we act is another thing. How we react is another thing. The things that we do when nobody's watching. And so it's kind of like, when you support and care about someone, how do you express it? It has to be more than just the words and stuff. So yeah. if if we were to like look at uh, I'm gonna just call it your your love language, and we'll take like we don't need to worry about the physical stuff because everybody can just assume all those things. But just aside from that, with your communication and how you express that you really care about your wife, what would be your top three ways of doing that? Oh well, I'll actually just give you two. My top two, well, because I, I know my love language. Uh, it's acts of service and uh, words of affirmation. Those are it. So. Um, those are how I feel loved. So when my wife tells me, you know what, you're a good husband, you're a good, uh, you're a good man, whatever, you know, thank you for doing this. Like, thank you for doing the dishes. Thank you for shoveling the driveway, whatever the case might be. To me, that makes me feel loved. That makes me feel valued. And, uh, you know, when she does things for me, so um, even small things like meal prepping or, you know, just, hey, can I help, or, you know, um, like, can I, you know, do you want me to take photos for you, for your content, for social media, or, you know, I can read your captions, do you want me to edit your blog, whatever the case might be, but she wants to do stuff for me uh, business-wise, because, I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you wear a lot of different hats, so when she wants to wear one of those hats, it's, for me, that makes me feel loved, so um, that's um, how I, that's how um, she, ex- that's how I feel loved, and that's typically how I express, um, you know, my, my love to people, I, you know, I, I lift them up. So, you know, with my client that I called on Friday, just words of affirmation reminded her that she's badass and she's awesome and, you know, she's unique and everything. And, you know, just spoke into her life and, um, you know, that helped. And then also, um, once again, acts of service, you know, um, one of my friends uh, is a, I, I basically was able to hook up with a sport check discount and say, you know what, if you want to get some gym clothes or whatever, go. So, you know, that was just my way of saying, you know what, I really care about you. And uh, that's it. But my wife, her love language, so because how I feel loved is different from how she feels loved. So hers is a uh, quality time and uh, and well, what and physical touch. Basically, you know, when she comes in, I have to like give her a hug. If I don't, if I ignore her or I don't come and give her a kiss on the cheek or whatever, hug her, then she does. Then she feels a little like, okay, something going on. Is he mad? So um, even though I can say, hey, baby, how you doing? Or like, oh, you know what, you look beautiful today. If I don't like hug her and kiss her as I said so typically when I I'll, I'll say you know what baby you're beautiful but I'll, I'll also hug her and you know do that as well too because then it just validates it if I just say baby you're beautiful she hears it but sometimes she doesn't feel it so I have to speak her love language and that's something I've, I've had to learn and then um, also just quality time you know when we're together sometimes uh, actually when we first started dating we had this thing where I put my phone away and sometimes my mom would call or text and she's like, how come you don't have your phone? I was like, well, because I'm hanging out with Miranda. Like, you know, I want to let her know that I respect her and everything. So I'll put my phone like, in the kitchen or whatever and uh, I'll call you back or just say, hey, mom, I'm going to be hanging out with Miranda. I'll call you later or something like that. Or, you know, and even now sometimes, uh, you know, when we're together, like we'll put our phones away. It's just a no phone zone just so we uh, she knows that, you know what, like this time it's just you and me. There's no distractions. And, uh, you know, that's it. So, you know, we can communicate, we look at each other and that's it. There's no, oh, Instagram is going off or whatever. And um, I, and it's typically for me around 8.30 or 9. Once I come home after training clients, um, you know, maybe you have a 10, 15 minute window to like message me. But once 
I'm settled once I've said hi to her and everything. I catch up on her day and I put my phone down. Yeah, bye. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm giving her, you know, time because I mean I've given other people time, so uh, I just need to give her that same amount of time and that's basically it so my love language is acts of affirm acts of service and uh words of affirmation hers is physical touch and quality time and for quality time sometimes it even just means being uh proactive or thinking of what to do on dates because um you know just like oh you know what do you want to go for a picnic or whatever or do you want to go for ice cream and she's like oh you know you thought of me and yeah so i have to speak her language <laughs> That's awesome. And it's, I like putting that onto like a fitness podcast. Cause like, that's the stuff that nobody talks about that everybody could benefit from. Just yeah. like, look at your, your love language and even like whoever it may be like, because people can benefit from communicating more concisely through anybody in their life. And it doesn't have to be the lovey dovey shit. It can be like, Hey, I got a bro. My bro likes the fist bump. So I give him the yeah. fist bump <laughs> and then he feels better, you know, yeah. like, it can be applied in so many different directions. But my next question for you is sort of like a business question. It's just a short and sweet one. I'm just curious. In the last year, what's been the most like effective thing that you've done for your personal training business? Whether it be like something you've met, something you've implemented, a thing you've changed to your day, whatever it is. Ooh, that's easy. Um... So in the accountability part of my uh, business, I'll say one thing that I learned from my mentor is um, adding a little bit of a personal touch. So you know how we're talking about communication and how it's key It's key, and sometimes texts don't always work. I send voicemails to my clients. So um, on Fridays or Saturdays, basically over the weekend, uh, I'll, or sometimes you know during the week, whenever they need it, I'll send a voicemail. And when I say voicemail, it's just... Um, if you have, if you whip up your phone, there's, you know, uh, for some people, I don't know how iPhones work, but I have an Android. Yeah, I have uh, an Android too. Yeah. It's uh, like voice recording or whatever. And I just press the button and hold it and just say, hey, Josh, how are you doing today? I just wanted to let you know I'm really proud of what you did today. You know, you've been consistent. Um, you know, you've got three workouts in, beautiful job, you know, and just uplift them because for them hearing my voice it's a little it's a lot more personal than just a text message because i mean you can even schedule a text message right so it's one of those you know just letting them know and you know they they hear the voice and like oh you know what like nate's happy and they can hear the tone in my voice so if i'm like yeah you know good job blah 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 then it's like they know but if i'm like excited like yo i'm fired up all that um it's definitely helped um you know it's um it's it's i'll say that is definitely one thing just the communication and just being very clear with it um sending the voicemails and just being more personable and just treating them like people you know and i actually also do that with some of my friends too if it's just a quick text or something like you're making plans i'll shoot them a, a message uh, brad or jeremiah and you know like they uh, send me something sensitive or you know they're going down instead of just sending a text message sometimes i'll send them a voicemail and or, um, you know, and I'll say that's definitely one thing that has been a lot more effective. Um, it separates me from other people because most people will usually just do an email or a text. Um, no, I send you a voicemail so you know that I took time away or I took time. I, I didn't just, you know, I took time and I you can hear my, my, my emotion and my energy. So that's definitely one thing that has helped me with my business, I'll say. That's great. That's that's the kind of advice that I like. If if you were like, man, I started up with a click funnel and, and I would be like, dude, no more. I'm kidding. But <laughs> yeah. like it's just I like to build from like the, the foundational stuff and move outward. 
and if a person if a person needs some kind of a change in logistics or they want a new marketing tool that should be like a, a second thing yeah. there's there's so many cool ways that we can spread out our email or spread our message and it involves all the different technology that's out there in the al- analytics but if our core product isn't like wholesome and high quality and full of intention then yeah. what's the point of splatting that all over the internet you know yeah. Yeah. So I like where your head is at. And I'm going to segue to the final question that I ask all of my guests. And it is if you could give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be? Ooh, uh, be you. Be authentic. Be different like um we are all different and i think sometimes you know um life tries to make us fit in a mold a bracket a niche a you know whatever you know like if you're an accountant you know oh you all have the same job you know you're all doing this but that's the thing bob the accountant is different from mike the accountant like you know you have a different personality a different um energy a different vibe uh than than someone else you have a different message so it's just be you you know stay true to yourself don't get distracted by um by others uh don't don't look at what others have uh focus on what you have and try to work on your strengths just be you be different somebody needs to see um you know that person because i mean if you're not the fu- if you're the funny guy, be the funny guy. But don't try to be the funny guy because maybe you know there's some quiet guy in your office who needs to know that you know what it's okay for him to be quiet and you know he'll start feeling confidence in his quietness or whatever. Or you know, for me, for example, like um, you know, just talking about my faith, you know, who ne- uh, just being able to say you know what, yeah, I believe in God and whatever, and I'm not perfect, but at the same time, you know, it is. I'm trying to be a better human being. You know, who never knows? Some guy will be like, oh my God, I, I'm, I'm a Christian too, I believe. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm not perfect. I feel like I'll be judged. And, you know, just, uh, you, you never know. Just being authentic. Be you. I think that's one thing I can say that would definitely help um, people live a full life and a, uh, and a happy life. Because when you're yourself, you're doing you what makes you happy. You know, you don't feel like you don't, you're not measuring up because if you're just being true to yourself, you're doing you, like you're being the best you can be. Like you can only be yourself, what you are. So biggest advice I'll say is just be authentic, be yourself. That's awesome advice. So I'd like to thank you again for joining me today. Oh, thank you very much, Chris, for having me. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Hey there. So if you made it this far, my challenge to you is first of all, Share this podcast in your Instagram story because it helps me so, so much. Then I get to see that you're listening. Then I get to have the ability to repost and share with my other people how far the reach is because it's really cool to share these messages. I get a diverse selection of guests. I try to get them from the Edmonton region. I try to get them from all kinds of other areas, whether it be people that I've met in person, people that I've come across on social media. Sometimes I'll have a, a goal of a certain episode. Sometimes it's to bring more of a discussion to mental health. Sometimes it's about relationships. Sometimes it is about physique or just like self-image. And this is to help other people. If you would like to support the Lifestyle Chase, some of the best ways to do that are to share the episode with your friend, listen to another episode, 
put a rating on iTunes, or just send me a message and pump my tires, because I have feelings, I put a lot of work into this, and positive feedback is always, always, always appreciated. Thank you, thank you. I will catch you on the next one.